This is RPG A Day Month with Andy Goodman from Expedition to the Grizzly Peaks. Day 4. Vision. So, Tuesday, August the 4th, and today on RPG A Day Month, we are talking about vision. Which is appropriate because I am walking Snowy, or technically I'm carrying her because she's got developed this very bad habit of not wanting to walk up the hill. She just wants to go to the neighbour's front garden and do do her business there, which I kind of feel guilty about because it's like it's become her toilet. Uh, the neighbour hasn't complained, but you know I wouldn't be happy if a dog did its business every single day in my front garden. So, I'm now carrying her up the hill, which is why I've got some laboured breathing here, to the point where she's going to have to walk. All right, Snowy? Yeah? Can you hear her? She's not making a sound. So, yeah, vision, very appropriate. It is completely foggy here, here at the top of Grizzly Peak. And um, this is completely... uh, this is completely normal for August, as I'm now discovering. It burns off by about, well, some days by about 11, other days a little bit earlier or a bit later, but we usually get sunny afternoons and that's that's nice. It doesn't get too hot. It's kind of good, but you know, there's nothing quite like w- waking up with a really beautiful view out the window of a, of a blue sky, and we just haven't had that for month and a half but the fog is lovely up here some people feel disconcerted in in fog i think it has these kind of creepy connotations but it's also really beautiful and peaceful and it changes the sound quality and yeah i like it also makes makes me feel like we're kind of at the top of some Oh, I don't know, Lonely Mountain. (laughs) Or Misty Mountain, even. So, vision. I think I, probably a lot of people, have a bit of a problem with vision in RPGs. Now, it may be just me, but I'm sure other GMs also have this sort of bad habit. I think it's a bad habit. I think I ask for too many perception checks in D&D and too many spot-hidden roles in in Call of Cthulhu. And part of the problem is that in, in a situation where something isn't immediately obvious for the player or theoretically in the game context, in the reality of the game, something isn't immediately obvious, then you ask them to make a, a skill check. But the problem with this is, it's, it's, it's twofold. I think, one, it becomes this um, sort of default skill that everyone tries, tries to maximise. And, 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 of course, you can't necessarily do that in D&D because it is um, connected to, to wisdom, your wisdom stat so unless you you have a character who needs wisdom you're not really ever going to get your perception very high but of course in Call of Cthulhu 
you know, anyone can can put put points into Spot Hidden. Well, I say anyone. Actually, the the character archetypes do some somewhat limit it, but there's enough choice out there to to enable most. You know, if you really want to, you can easily just put a, a, a bunch of points in Spot Hidden. And of course, in an investigative game, in an investigation game, Spot Hidden is um, pretty important. But it somehow feels like a bit of a cop-out. It somehow feels like... Um, you, you're, you're enforcing this sort of fairly arbitrary role to give them some information that they wouldn't have otherwise got. But it doesn't really feel satisfying. You know, if you think... Oh, there's a car coming down... Just wait for that to go. Snowy <laughs> panicked and tried to run in front of the car. Thank goodness I have her on a, on a tight lead. Um, I've lost my train of thought. Yeah. But you think about it in the, in the, in the, you know, the, way, that, the way that our visual faculties work. We're very good at, at seeing things that look unusual <laughs> you know our visual faculties are very good at spotting you know some movement tiny movements and things like that we're we're sort of built that way you know it was pretty important to be able to see predators moving around in, in the in the forest um we're also pretty good at s- seeing when something's out of place i think um but, you know, the problem I really have with it, other than these sort of character build or gaming issues or issues of, of verisimilitude, is that really the problem it's trying to address is, is, a, is, a, is something far more fundamental to role-playing, to playing a role-playing game, than merely the action of a, of a skill, you know, the, the inaction of a, of a skill. Because what they're trying to, what what this skill is really doing, is referring to, if you like, is is that player's visual appreciation of the world they're in. So, as a, as a game master, you want to describe everything as accurately, as vividly, as 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 properly as possible, and and when things are hidden or not immediately apparent. It becomes it becomes a bit convoluted and tortuous to to sort of describe everything but the most important thing in in that room. It just seems very strange to um, to to build it that way. And and I'm wondering whether I should be calling for less spot hiddens, calling for less perception checks. They they seem to be by far the the, the most used and most um, in, invoked skills out there but does it is it going to hurt my game if i just tell the players everything they see in a room what actual benefit is it bringing to me and to them to keep something hidden if they fail their their spot check i don't think it does i don't think it does i think there's a subtle kind of halfway halfway ground halfway point that that is actually quite hard to do where wherein they see the thing but they don't quite fully comprehend what they're seeing or some small detail is missed 
that would have fully explained what this thing is. And maybe that's where I need to go and play. That's where I need to, to kind of work this thing out because it feels unsatisfying. It feels like it's, it's too predictable as a, as a response to, to being in a situation for the players. And, and I'm kind of encouraging it. I'm, I'm, I'm not discouraging it. And I don't know. Maybe I'll ask them <laughs> and see what they think. I, th- th- they, well, what I've noticed is that um, as, as we play more and as, as, as there are more character builds being put in front of me, they're all putting s- at least 60 to 70% into Spot Hidden. They've twigged. <laughs> that's, that's, um, that's a thing. Um, I think this go- leads on to a bigger, bigger kind of thought about Call of Cthulhu skills and, and how actually there's probably only five that you need. Um, yeah, there's spot hidden, stealth, a gun skill of some kind, one interpersonal skill, be that charm, persuade, fast talk or intimidate, and library use. Anyway, I'm not going to get into a lengthy discussion about skill checks. Um, I think that is probably material for another day. But let's talk a little bit more about this topic of, of how your players see the world through the eyes of their characters. Because I, I think this is where something very interesting is occurring. And where the rules of the game can sometimes assist that and sometimes they can hamper that. I think in the end, one of the key objectives of, of being a game master is to vividly, concisely, and accurately portray the world in which your players' characters exist. And this is not an easy skill, actually. This is not, this is not simple by any means. I've spoken about this before, and um, I do harken back to a conversation that Che Webster had with Dave Aldrich, Che Webster of Roleplay Rescue and, and Dave Aldrich of Deeper Centile. And it was a it was a fantastic um, conversation they had about, you know, how you share this kind of image in your heads between the GM and the players, how you share an image in your heads of, of, of the world that's being portrayed and how actually it's quite elusive and imprecise and foggy um, and you need to do everything you can to, to bring that that blurriness into focus. And I and I think this is where the spot hidden perceptions can be your enemy, because they they can sometimes lead you towards making that vision more blurry, making things more obscure. When I'm describing. A physical space it's actually there's two fail points that can occur there's probably more but i can only think of two at the moment the first fail point is my inadequate inadequate description of the room i may not describe it well enough i was once accused of putting my players in white walled rooms <laughs> um and i sometimes fall into that trap of just glossing over something and not providing enough detail, not giving them enough colour, not describing the smells and sounds and, and sensations and textures and temperatures. Um, so that's one fail point of not describing it adequately. And it's not just about vividness there, it's about precision and about concision. 
um, precision in that people in in the real in the real world have a very good depth perception and spatial perception and when you're walking around a house you almost have this sixth sense of where everything is I mean it may be because um, houses are, are fairly standardized in a way in, in the way that they're laid out we kind of know where things are going to be even if you've never been in that house before to some extent so in the real world you have this built-in understanding of a space in the game world you have no built-in understanding of a space and it relies so much on these precise and yet somehow meaningless descriptions if I describe something as you enter a, a vast cavern that is um, 80 feet wide, 370 feet long, 200 feet in the middle and, and tapering down to 50 feet at the edges. And it has these um, kind of uh, crenellations and nooks and crannies and um, little spurs where you can enter. And, uh, you know, I mean, you can hear from that. It's, it's kind of a mess. And, you know, by saying that, I think you're doing well if everyone around that table has a more or less approximate sense of that space. Um, sometimes it doesn't matter. Sometimes it really does matter, especially when we're talking about combat or searching for something or, or knowing that something is a mock. Is a mock? Is a rye. <laughs> something is a rye. Um, so the precision can be where you fail as a DM, and, and, I, and I think I, I often do that. You know, uh, just recently, one of my players said, look, I, I'm not sure I quite understand exactly where everyone is and what's going on, but, you know, this is what I'm doing. And you know that in that instance that you failed, or potentially there's the second fail point, which is in, that, in the player's mental interpretation of what you've told them. You may have told them quite accurately, but you can't guarantee that each player will process that information in the right way. So somewhere between your mind and their mind, there's been this, you know, muddling or, or elision, or they've, they've missed a salient point. They've omitted to, to hear something or understand something um, in some way. So these are the two fail points where you can fail by, being, by, by not being precise enough. The other problem is concision people just switch off there's there's two issues with this long descriptions of spaces um, actually start to undermine undermine their own purpose because people will start kind of just switching off and possibly even getting confused or or misinterpreting or just forgetting the, the, the important bit right at the beginning and another really big bugbear of mine big hairy bugbear with teeth um, <laughs> and you get this in D&D all the time you start reading a room description and then after two paragraphs of description it says oh yeah and there's four goblins sitting around a table <laughs> in the middle of this of this barrack room and it's and it's ridiculous it's utterly ridiculous this 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 uh, way of describing a room no it just that would not be what happens you would not go into a room with four goblins in and start admiring the tapestries <laughs> it just wouldn't happen the first and only thing you would notice upon going into that room are these four potentially um life-ending monsters sitting around the table playing parcheesi now you wouldn't notice they're playing parcheesi you might notice they're playing a game but what you'd be more conscious of is have they seen me and if they have, how close are their weapons? And can I get to them before before they can reach for their scimitars? So 
concision and the order in which you describe things is is, is crucial as well. But you know, I, I think underlying it all is this really fabulous quality that we have in in our shared storytelling, which for me is is, is a fundamental part of role playing. Is that together through my description of what I have in my head, I can convey some reality to my players. And in their own heads, they can reconstruct that reality for themselves um, in a way that, that makes sense to them. And through that rather fragile and unlikely unlikely set of, set of actions, of, of, of thoughts, we can construct something that somehow has a solidity and a reality to it, to it independent of ourselves. Which is, which is pretty miraculous, really. Brains are very clever things. Good on, uh, good on nature. Good on Mother Nature for evolving brains, eh? They allow us to do so many weird and unexpected things. I mean, why do we have this capability to imagine very vividly a space or a place or a person just from a description? doesn't seem like there's any true evolutionary benefit from it, but, but, but perhaps there is. Maybe I need to speak to some of my evolutionary biology friends and find out from them. <laughs>